Welcome to the Vacationeers Theme Parks and More podcast. Join us as we discuss vacation planning, reporting, and reviews on vacations ranging from Disney and theme parks to cruising and beach getaways with everything in between. So grab your passport, a fast pass, and an umbrella drink because the show's about to begin. And now, without any further delay, here is your ghost host, Vacationeer Tom. Welcome to episode 140 of the Vacationeers Theme Parks and More podcast. I'm your host, Tom, joined outside my panel of Joanna. Are you ready to ride? I'm ready to ride. Oh, yeah. We're riding back to Mardi Gras tonight, and we have a very special guest. Yes, unfortunately, Ian is not with us once again. He is very busy, busy, busy working. So we have a very uh, good friend of the show to come on and talk all things Mardi Gras Universal and anything in between. It is the Reverend, or is it Pastor John Self? Welcome to the podcast, John. Thank you so much. Which do you prefer? Reverend or Thank you. I actually, it doesn't matter. Actually, I don't like Reverend at all because it has way too many high connotations on it, but either one is fine. <laughs> In the theme park world, I'm just John. So oh, okay. All right. Yes. But for those of you unfamiliar, if you follow me on Twitter, it's Pastor John Self because, you know, yes. you have to function in that world. So just know, that's where that's coming from. <laughs> that's fantastic. And that really start. and you uh, are in Illinois, so you're Midwest. And yes. you, you cover largely uh, universal and food items or, or just different dining. My, my, my three big things are universal food, uh, all the theme parks and resorts, and then um, touring strategies, how, touring the parks and those kind of things. Oh, and that's when most efficiently kind of from a very small touring plans dot com. Gotcha. Thought process. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know uh, I, on your uh, Twitter feed, it says about. Uh, being a writer for Universal Food Blog, which is uogrubhub.com, Universal Family Vacations, and piratesandprincesses.net, which I know you're putting a lot out right now for them for the Mardi Gras event. But I also know, well, yeah. They, yeah, they compensated plans. me to eat some food, so yeah. I, made, I need to put that out. <laughs> you can't beat that, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, so touring plans, you write for touring plans as well, but mainly uh, in the respect of uh, actually touring like touring plans, like touring the parks? Well, in fairness, I'm not currently writing for touring plans. Yes. But I have but I have written a lot for them in the past. Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah, I followed touring plans. or you know, I was a member for their Universal and Disney and I think even their cruise line. Like anytime I, I'd go do a vacation, I'd join their membership. And uh, I didn't really use their stuff all that much. I just like having the resources because there's a ton of resources right. that you can go and check mm-hmm. out and a park calendar and the, yeah, all that stuff. So yeah, that's very interesting. So you're in Illinois. So what drove you, uh, your passion, I guess, for universal really? Uh, the short answer is probably the short answer that many, <laughs> many people have said, I got married and, <laughs> and my spouse, many, my, my wonderful spouse, um, tells stories that I will probably get in trouble for telling right now. If I'm going on her senior trip, to Florida and they did this wonderful thing around and we we started dating she talked about well I'd really like to go to Walt Disney World yes and you know what that means when you're yeah you're this you're the prospective spouse it's yes dear we will do that it was perfectly fine we had a great time it's something we've continued to do all the time then we got a little older and our kid got older and we our son has moved out now we're at that stage of life yeah and so Universal became far more appealing than Disney. And when you catch me on a bad day, when it's been a bad day being a pastor in the world of COVID, <laughs> you might catch me bitter enough to say that we're too jaded to go to Disney anymore, so we only go to Universal. <laughs> but I don't know if that's completely true. <laughs> but so, there is some truth to that because we are, we are both currently um, premier Universal annual pass holders. Ah, uh, nice. Is that, is that the – that, that's the top. That's the that's pretty the top orange one? top two park one. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice one. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I upgraded to that one to get the uh, the good parking, and in the after 4 p.m. Uh, quicker express pass. So yeah. That, that's, Correct. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So Disney though, I mean, so you don't write. I mean, I can I can understand maybe you think you you've outgrown Disney, but as far as being a writer, I mean, my lord, people want to you know read about Disney. Mm-hmm. So what? Why haven't you done it in that respect, just as a, more of a business uh, thing? Or well, enjoyment? when I switched to writing with Pirates and Princesses more, um, because it touring plans, which really gave me my big break from just 
maybe writing a blog a month and editing people to actually doing stuff all the time. Uh, Touring Plans likes to keep things siloed. My editor told me you you keep Walt Disney World separated from Universal. We broke that rule once on probably the blog that got attention from everyone where I compared Voodoo Donut to Everglaze Donut when it opened up, <laughs> which everyone thought was such a wonderful article. I was like, well, I just got to eat a lot of food. What's the problem? <laughs> um, but since uh, with Pirates and Princesses and a couple other th- things that I'm doing that aren't official out in the world that I have a couple meetings this week about, we're doing a lot of Disney dining and Disney food. Recently, you were down here for 10 days, and I know you were doing a lot of Disney Springs dining uh, yes. Well, I guess you were doing. You're planning on releasing articles about those as well. Yes, we have. Okay. Um, uh, one of the things that we see uh, with people looking for information about Disney is everyone talks about the food at in the park. Yeah. But there's not as much talk, with the exception of Steakhouse 71, which is worth your time, by the way. No one talks about the really quality food that's at Disney Springs. Yeah. So I dedicated two days eat at Disney Springs. But the hard part is in my writing, I tend to focus on uh, from a budget perspective of if you spend less money, that means you can come back more. Yeah. As opposed to what's the best place to eat at Disney Springs, which we could argue that Morimoto, maybe homecoming, you know, those kind of conversations can be had. But, but if I'm spending, which I did basically $20 for a chicken sandwich at homecoming, which I'm not saying it wasn't worth it. I'm just saying you spent that. Yeah. You, you do that four or five meals. Suddenly you do not have enough money to pay for your outrageous hotel bill. <laughs> and, and and before you think I'm just picking on Disney, Universal is raising their hotel rates too at the moment. So it's not, it's just across the board in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Disney hotels are ridiculous from what I'm hearing on other podcasts and stuff. Uh, I yeah, that's completely true. Um, we're in an area that I don't really know much about. Um, the DVC rental points market is doing really well because yeah. I think someone was booking Port Orleans Riverside last week. So we're in, we'll call it semi-slow season. Yeah. It was $300 a night. And I'm not saying, I mean, I love staying there. I remember when it was Dixie Landings. I love of staying there yeah but three hundred dollars a night yeah that's that's much that's, yeah. that's a little much i mean at the same time now granted i have annual pass holder rates and that skews things i can stay at the hard rock for the same price yeah that doesn't seem equal <laughs> <laughs> no not at all <laughs> so that that's a conversation i have all the time even the prices seem to be getting better closer together now of why would i why would I pay almost two hundred dollars to stay at Pop Century? Yeah, that's absurd. Versus spend, spending a hundred dollars to stay at Aventura. Now, yeah. granted, I get a lower rate. I understand yep. that, but anybody can get one hundred and thirty dollars that time of year. So, oh yeah, that's the tricky part. Is people are tr- people are trying to decide where do I want to spend my money because I have to cut some money out. I think. Making a reference back to touring plans, I think Lynn and the group and Becky and that group did a whole study of the average vacation, just average Disney World family vacation costs 10 percent more than it did two years ago. Oh, yeah, I can see that easy. And yeah. So where where is that 10 percent come from? Because a family vacation is not exactly cheap. You take a family of four. Let's take say I had two kids and we fly down with my wife and we spend a week at Walt Disney World. I know what it costs for my honeymoon. <laughs> and I know what it costs several other times after that. Uh, no, that does, that barely gets us in the place. Yeah, no, it's and crazy. I and I don't mean that to be critical of Disney. They're they're trying to do a business model and they're trying to make it work and it appears to be working. That's not the point of this. But you have to be realistic. If you if it's going to cost you ten to fifteen percent more for the same vacation you paid for last year, you got to make some cuts. For sure. Yep. I mean, let me blow your mind for a moment. In 2011, so we went on our first Disney vacation, family vacation in 2010. I don't remember what the what the cost was, but we, we had no intention of going back in 2011. But we got a, uh, a promo code or something, and I priced it. Back. Yeah, and I, I priced it, and it was under $2,000 for my family of five plus my mother-in-law with free quick service dining. Under two grand. I booked it because I'm like, that, that the price is ridiculous. Even back then, that was a good, really good price. 
I, I if I priced that same vacation because it was like a seven seven day now there weren't park hopper tickets but just seven day tickets and uh, yeah I mean that was with with dining oh my lord it was it was insane <laughs> such a good deal right <laughs> but we could do the same thing with Universal I tell stories oh, yeah. of getting four day tickets to Universal for ninety nine dollars wow that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, now um, it's so, what one oh nine to one thirty nine. I don't know. Well, I depends. think the average for looking today they were about one forty. Yeah, it roughly. depends on you get into that tricky world of are you getting park to park access or not? Because yeah. that's where Univor gets you. One of the oh. one of the best marketing things they ever did was create the Hogwarts oh. Express. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes. <laughs> A pulley system that takes you on a four and a half minute trip that everybody's got to do. Got to upcharge. To do that, you have to have park to park access. So people are spending almost $200 for one day at Universal. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely. But that's what a park hopper would cost you at Walt Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interestingly enough, I've never. Pretty close. I've never parked hop at Disney World. I've never, ever bought a park hop ticket. Never, never went to two Disney parks in the same day. Even Disneyland, I never. Yeah, I didn't buy those either. So, yeah. I've never done that. Now, if the annual passes ever come back um, and I buy one, then I will be park hopping. However, uh, until then, yeah, I still have it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. My Disney friends would tell me you're not doing it right because you have to start the morning in one place, take a break, and then spend the evening at Epcot. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, oh, I love Epcot. Oh, I love Epcot. Yeah, so good. I want to, when, when Disney gets back with their, um, when I can get a pass, I want to try to go to every park, and I don't know if I'm going to include Busch Gardens Tampa. I have to see how well it works. Hit every park in Orlando and do their uh, their top attraction, just their one attraction. Go to every park, SeaWorld, both Universal parks, all four Disney parks. Hit one attraction and leave and try to do it all in one day. I, I don't know how yeah, much no, time. In my world, in my world, as we ramble on your podcast, is my world we designed for Cinco de Mayo because apparently we in the U.S. celebrate Cinco de Mayo more than they do in Mexico. I designed uh, a, a plan to go to all of the parks and have a taco or a Mexican meal oh. all on the same day. Interesting. On Cinco de Mayo. Hmm. That is interesting. Well, we, but when we finally published that, I think we cut it back to just Walt Disney World and Universal. But it included okay. SeaWorld and Busch Gardens. Okay, so you were making that journey. Yes. Yeah. And how you would do it and time it out and all the math. All yeah, the I, I think that would be so I think that'd be so fascinating because you're not only taking just one attraction, you're taking their number one attraction for each park and trying to put it in such an order. Well, I think Dis- you'd, you'd probably start in and in Disney because they typically will open earlier and stay open later, especially Universal. I mean, my Lord, they're, they're closed by 7 or 8 o'clock every night. So, right, see, I... I took the approach of starting at early entry at Universal. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you're assuming that you could get in early because you're either you, a pass you holder can knock or out Veloc- hotel. You can knock out Velocicoaster in early entry and be out of there in 15, 20 minutes. Uh, but what time are they opening? That's the key. Because if you got uh, like, early mentioned- entry at IOA has been eight o'clock. They usually open at seven forty or seven forty-five, which means you can walk back, pause while they open the attraction and be off the ride by 9.01. Not that I tested that out about 10 times last week. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw I saw you on Twitter, and yeah, you're uh, rope dropping all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's... I, especially if you're a Walt Disney World, because I've written a lot of how to use Genie Plus, how to do Lightning Lane, those kind of articles, because that's what mm-hmm. no one had a clue, and yeah. I'm not sure we still do, um, <laughs> is... How do you? How important is is rope dropping? And rope dropping is more important now than it's ever been. Oh yeah. However, there is something to be said though. Now that Disney lets in their resort guests, what a half hour beforehand, you kind of lose. Half hour before. Yeah, you kind of lose that being there when, or if you're not a resort guest, you're really. That's correct. Under the eight ball there. Yeah. There's a strategy at Magic Kingdom you can use, but um, you need to skip Fantasyland and Tomorrowland and go straight to Adventureland because. We I call that the second rope drop because they don't let you in. They don't let you in until official park opening, usually to Adventureland. Oh, I got you. If you plan on that, you can make it work. Yeah. The same came with Animal Kingdom um, because half the park doesn't open at park opening, and there there are ways to kind of get around it. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like Animal Kingdom would be uh, that'd be rough. Because yeah, yes. then they, they have so few attractions. Uh, yeah, flight uh, passage. Mm-hmm. I think that thing would get huge line pretty quick. 
And then if you do throw in Bush Gardens Tampa, I mean, obviously Iron Gwazi would be your ride, and that thing's gonna have stupid lines this summer. And you know, when it opens yeah, up you would, next month, you would need to. I would I would strategize to do Iron Gwazi as your last thing, make Bush Gardens your last stop. Oh, interesting. Because I don't know. Because I think like Ma- like the Magic Kingdom, I think would have to be open to play until midnight. Like if I do this in the summer, I would I would assume. Well, maybe not. Because now they they are doing the post the the, the later mm-hmm. hours for resort guests, so they're going to close a little earlier for regular park guests. Uh, maybe ten or eleven. But Bush Gardens, Tampa. How how late do they usually stay? Like summer, they stay open pretty decently late. Yeah. Summer they stay open later, so yeah. it'd be okay. Yeah, yeah. As long as I can get into the queue yeah. before, yeah. This is the kind of conversation that only really theme park geeks get into is how to do these kind of things. <laughs> and that's what I, I, I live for. I, I love, like, I could right. do this all day. Like, okay, let's, let's figure out how to do this. <laughs> then actually execute it. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> but let's get back to your stuff. Uh, so you did, stay, you did say you uh, stayed at the B Hotel, which is a Hilton property, I believe, correct? Uh, the B Resort is, I don't think it's a Hilton. I think it's separate. Oh, really? Yeah, the B Resort, I'll have to check. They have, and I'll oh. probably get in trouble for this later that I don't know the answer to this, but I thought the B Resort was a separate operation. They may have formerly been under the Hilton, but I don't think they are. Because there's a Hilton in Disney Springs also. So I, I would find it surprised they would invest that much time. And letting you behind the scenes, based on one of my other stays, I think they're probably not directly connected to Hilton anymore, if they were. When their marketing team listens to this podcast later, I'm going to get an email and say, you should have <laughs> yeah, known this. Like, you should have known I'm this. I'm going to apologize. I'm on here, and yeah, I don't see Hilton on here at all. B Resort, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think, I think B Resort is separate because they're, yeah. they're kind of, oh, oh I, I stand corrected. They're kind of an exclusive upscale. I don't know why I thought um, thing. they were. I Hilton. think there was a connection originally to B Resort. For those of you listening in as we go into the minutiae here, uh, B Resort is one of those Disney Springs resort hotels. And I think as the and you get the same early entry privileges that Disney guests get. Yeah. But you don't get you don't get the privilege to purchase your paid individual Lightning Lane attraction for the park opening like Disney Resort guests do. Oh, okay. So you 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 miss out on the ability to invest your money in Rise of Resistance for later. <laughs> um, but you get you get buses that take you there. Um, if I were looking to cut some of the expense on a Disney trip, um, staying at Disney Springs is something I would consider at the Disney Springs resorts. Oh, yeah. It's um, like you said earlier, with the dining, you can't go wrong because you just walk right. out and eat. And so, so even at the B Resort, now I'm doing a commercial for the B Resort, and they've <laughs> added, they've up, they've relaunched their American Kitchen Bar and Grill, and we, I, they... Blind and dined us one night, so take that in consideration that maybe I'm still influenced by that. <laughs> it was probably some of the best dining that I have had at any theme park experience. Wow. And and think about, in fairness, how much food theme park experiences tend to give me or someone pays me to eat. Yeah, yeah. So. Wow, okay. Yeah. So we, we, had, we had that at the B Resort. So they're, they're really trying to upgrade their setup. And of course, they put me in what they literally call a posh room. That's the definition of the room. It's a suite. Because as you know, trying to book on site at Disney World, how much does it cost you to sleep six people? Oh, my God. You can't do it. Yeah. I mean, six. Correct. You need like a, you need the fam- <laughs> like you get the family all-star sports or some stupid little. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. now, we're t- now we're talking about art of animation and you're cramming in there yeah. in a suite and it's $500 if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah, we um, stayed at a uh, one of the, so those one of those, those are the things you got to kind of consider. Yeah. Or sure. they could just come stay with you, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I got two extra rooms. Uh, I was just about to suggest, you know, just tweet at Tom and offer to come on the podcast. <laughs> That's all it takes, really. Yeah. I, I'll do that from a, I'll do that from my next work trip. I'll just tweet at Tom and say, you got some space down there? Heck yeah. yeah I, need, I need some I need some space. I'll come on the podcast. We'll go hang out at the park for a day. Hey, that sounds great to me, man. <laughs> You got it. He'll probably even buy the beer. I was gonna say, yeah. I, I'm sure I, I'm sure I can get someone else to on someone else's dime to pay for the food. We can figure this out. <laughs> then I'm in. I am in for sure. As a food blogger, all I just heard was that means there'll be two items I can review instead of one because <laughs> Tom will have one also. That just speeds up the process. <laughs> yeah. Because that was one of my problems. Um, 
Because on this trip, my my spouse and many of her friends were having a girls trip, a oh. semi girls trip also. So they stayed at Universal the whole time. But one night we ate at Margaritaville, and I'm running out of things to review at Margaritaville. <laughs> I discovered that. <laughs> so so these are just these are way first world problems as a theme park food blogger. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you should. Uh, have you ever done any of the SeaWorld Orlando uh, festivals? Like right now, they have the Seven Seas Festival, and I, I haven't gone yet. But my lord, the the stuff they have, and I've I've done their last year. I did their craft beer festival, and I had an absolute mm-hmm. blast going through there and trying all their food and drinks. It was so much fun. Yeah, SeaWorld. I have I have not been to SeaWorld in quite a while because I'll just be honest. Theme park media sites don't consider SeaWorld to be worth their time. Yeah. Um, sorry, SeaWorld. Um, <laughs> and so, but but I will tell I will tell you this: the food at the festivals at SeaWorld is some of the best food they serve. Oh yeah. It's and for so those good. of you who think I'm poo-pooing SeaWorld, I'm not. I would love to go to SeaWorld. I'm a coaster person. Yeah. And they're rebranding themselves. But and SeaWorld has the all-day dining plan. I think it's what oh. is it, forty dollars for a day, and you get a meal every hour. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, really. I mean, trust good. me, I, I I could just dedicate time to show up and review everything they have <laughs> in one day. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I love we, getting. We there. tried it one day. We went to SeaWorld what was it a year or two ago, and we got the dining plan. We just ate and ate and was I just couldn't eat anymore. Yes. Oh, we still had meals thrown at you. Welcome <laughs> to my world of the whirlwind Disney Springs trip. Yeah. Because um, my two days of doing food reviews at Disney Springs, I had every single Gideon's cookie. That's amazing. That alone is amazing. I had, I had some cake, some of the Gideon's cake, oh. uh, the the rainbow special one that just came out on that, on that Friday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had four Everglaze donuts. Oh. Yeah. We're, and if you're unfamiliar oh, with Everglaze donuts, those of you listening, these are very large donuts. Yeah. These are not big pinks, but they are large. Yeah. Um, and that was just to get the day started, but I do love, I wanted to say this one thing in case you don't know it about Disney Springs. If you are a Starbucks person, not a Joffrey's person, I, I, my household is a Starbucks person. Cause that's what my spouse says. Um, <laughs> at Starbucks, at the Starbucks at Disney Springs, you can use your star rewards. So oh. if you built up star rewards with Ooh. Starbucks, you can use them. I did that three times. And I had to get unsweetened things because that had so much sugar. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. 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 Naming all that food. I was like, I'm just dying for like just a chicken breast. (laughs) Well, in fairness, I did go to homecoming for the chicken breast sandwich. So so that you're aware. But was it fried? I mean, it was was not. Oh, okay. The bun was a two donuts. Yeah. No, it was not. So, So that was on the list of things to review at Everglazed. Was to review the donut cheeseburger, grilled cheese donut, and I was like, no, that's not happening. Yeah. Oof. Because because I had because I had the Girl Scout cookie and the Girl Scout cookie donut and oh. the peanut butter explosion donut. Oh, I love peanut. And butter. I was like, I'm I'm done at this point. Wow. No, you didn't eat the cookies in the donuts the same day. On the grounds that it may incriminate me, I'm not going <laughs> to answer this question. Holy but moly. I would, I will tell you that if you look through some articles and maybe some other media sources, there may be a confession <laughs> of having all of that stuff on one day and then having dinner at the American Kitchen Bar and Grill at the B Resort, in which as they are whining and dining us, they can't decide what dessert to give us, so, so they, they bring us two desserts. Wow. They bring us a vermilion oh kind of South American style cake, except they turn it into red velvet, and then they bring out an earthquake chocolate cake. Oh my jeez. Oh, um, wow. That is insane. I've reviewed one of those. You can find that review. The other one I'm still trying to recover from all that chocolate. So oh my lord. Oh my Let God. me ask you I know. That is so much. So, so your audience right now is feeling really bad for me. Oh, it's so bad for you, John. You have to eat food as your part time job. Oh so good. I I get that. Yeah. Well, I did. I took my daughter down to Raleigh for the Krispy Kreme challenge one year. Oh. And, you know, you start at the university and you run down the hill, eat a dozen donuts and run back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof, no and way. 
I didn't eat a donut for a year after that. (laughs) (laughs) I was completely cured because I used to love those things. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, no. I can't even look at a Krispy Kreme anymore. So. (laughs) Wow. John, let me ask you a question. Uh, Now that you said that, you know, you may or may not have eaten all those sweets in one day. (laughs) Do you find it difficult? May or may not. (laughs) Do you find it difficult? Like, do you consciously realize this first donut I'm eating is going to probably taste the best because I'm actually I, I I'm I'm enjoying it because I'm kind of hungry and I want the sweets. Whereas opposed to your like your fourth or fifth sweet thing, like now your body's like yeah I'm over the sweets. You're eating it and you're like yeah okay this tastes good, but it's not like in your mind are you saying okay this is actually good. And if it wasn't the fact I already ate a dozen other sweet things, this would be much better than what my, I might be thinking it is at this point. This is an occasion where my other addiction in life, uh, diet soda, because my addictions are socially acceptable. Um, not that they're better for me. They're just socially acceptable. Um, for those of you who can't see, I have a stack of beverages here of diet sodas of all varieties behind the screen. Um, one of the best parts about um, diet beverages is if you consume them properly and then you have a cracker or bread, that problem goes away. Oh, really? Yeah. At least it does for me. Now, it also goes in reverse. When I had um, two of the Mardi Gras food items that were very – they were good, but they had a lot of pickled onions in them. Oh, interesting. Um, after I had the second one with pickled onions, I was like, I can't have anything more today. And so, of course, my solution – and feel free to make fun of me – was, <laughs> oh, why don't I go have one of the donuts at Voodoo Donuts to cleanse my palate, which actually worked really well, by the way. And then I came back to eating food. <laughs> Because I'd never had the orange creamsicle, the special Universal Orlando orange creamsicle at Voodoo Donut. I mean, it's not a great donut, but the flavoring is really good, and it takes away all of that other taste that was in my mouth, and I got to start over. But, yes, that is a concern. Like when I when I did the real test of the Gideon's cook, all seven Gideon's cookies I had, I only had a small bite of each one. Okay, okay. I see. Okay. That makes because sense. Because I'm – but when I had the peanut butter explosion Everglaze donut, I had all of it. I finished the whole thing. I believe in the article, the the blog that's sitting on WordPress somewhere. It says, and yes, I ate the whole thing. I can't believe it either. <laughs> I don't blame you. So, I love peanut butter and chocolate and fudge. So yeah, I'd, I'd be that's all. That's probably about. my new, probably my new favorite donut actually. Uh, I'll have to. Uh... I'll have to go. I've never eaten there. I've I've never gone there. Well, like the, the lines, like. Like if I go with the kids and it's like afternoon, yeah, the lines are already too big. I saw that that one uh, you rope dropped it, <laughs> and there was nobody yep. there. Yeah, I rope dropped and there was there. I mean, I literally <laughs> walked from the B Resort, walked right to security, came from security, went straight to Gideon's, didn't hesitate. There was probably 15 people ahead of me already. Oh my! And that's wow. at nine. That's at nine o'clock when when just Disney opened. Springs officially opens, <laughs> and but Gideon's doesn't open till 10. Oh. Wow, they're waiting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so you're, we waited the whole time, which was fine. I, I stepped out, took some photos, promoted some of my stuff because other people were like, what are you doing? Yeah. And um, But as the day went on, when I went back to check after I had um, after I had happy hour at Jock Lindsay's bar, because ah. um, they have happy hour 12 to 3, <laughs> um, they have some appetizers that, there that are like 8 bucks. Um, I went back, and they were doing a – the wait was two or three hours. And they were wow. trying to decide whether to go to whether to go to virtual line or not. That's yeah, yeah. I know when I, I took uh, Ian, uh, when him and Jill came down, we were walking through and I saw it, and yeah, the line was yeah it's so long. I'm like they're just yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I'd it like makes no it. sense for you to stay in that line because just drive to the East End location. Yes, yes, that's what I heard. I heard you can go there, and yeah. it's no problem. Just go there. It's. It's basically the same stuff with the possible exception of the morning cookie, which is a coffee cake cookie. I don't know if they always have it. Ooh, sounds good. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I'll have to try it. Uh, Joanna, when you come down in April, uh, we'll have to uh, get some of that, that goodness and uh, see uh, <laughs> see how it is. Now, we're not going to get all seven. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get one or Please two. Please don't. <laughs> I then I will have reviewed every Mardi Gras food item because that's in the order mm-hmm. of writing at the moment, and then I can get back to doing my Disney Springs reviews because the Mardi Gras reviews have to come out first. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> I can't wait till I can't yeah. wait till April to tell you if the 
Mardi Gras uh, good? The, the shrimp boils any good? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Let's talk. Start talking about the Mardi Gras event. So yeah, you cover um, Universal throughout the year. So as far as yes. just over overview, if you're gonna rate or rank the events at Universal, you know, obviously you got HHN, Mardi Gras. I don't know if you want to throw in the concert, the two-day concert. Um, you, you got you got to Christmas. throw in the holidays. Yeah, the winter holidays. Yeah, or, yeah. I know I'm being I know I'm being very religiously sensitive as a minister. The winter holidays, oh. <laughs> um, but we're talking about Christmas time and all of that. Sorry, yeah. I switched into being an American Baptist moderate minister there. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm not a good example. Okay. Because I would pick Mardi Gras as the best time to go. Oh wow, interesting. Um, and I have done last year. I did courtesy of one of my dear friends um i did an hhn rip private tour so we got the full everything yeah and i i still this is me 50 something gray-haired white guy (laughs) i still would pick mardi gras and the no i would pick the holidays over hhn myself that makes so sense. I'm though. the wrong person to ask. Because you're a foodie, right? If they if they had food in the haunted houses, then it might go up on your well, list. Well, <laughs> they have plenty of they had plenty of food this year for HHN. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not the the horror thing's just not my it's not my thing, and I'm not a critical of it. I have friends who think it's the greatest thing in the whole world, and I'm like, this is I I, I wrote out touring plans for them. This is how you do it, and here's the more you go to, and this is how much nights do you have, and I worked it all out for them. Yeah. But it's. HHN, I'm losing incredible credibility with my Universal friends at the moment, ranking HHN so low. I know <laughs> yeah. that. But I even consider the Mardi Gras parade to be the best parade at Universal. Oh, I, I loved it, yeah. I, I probably would argue that the Mardi Gras parade... Ooh. Now, I'm going to say this. All the Disney nighttime parades came back. <laughs> and that's a huge if. Yeah, if they Because of back. cost and payroll. I would still prefer the Mardi Gras parade barely over those. Wow. Because Disney does, I mean, let's just be serious here. We could sit and have another podcast of what Universal does better and what Disney does better. No one argued Disney does a parade better. Okay, this is what they do well. Yeah. But I really like the Mardi Gras parade. Yes, perhaps maybe I'd prefer that the people had a few more clothes on. And I'm not really <laughs> sure... I'm not really sure how in space it must be really warm in space because everybody's wearing the 80s, 90s midriff outfit. In yeah, outfit, yeah, yeah. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole different conversation. Maybe that's just me being a prude in my worldview. Sorry. But um, but the whole the floats and I mean, these floats are designed from the Kearns family. You know, just like in New Orleans, they're well done. I know some t- people complain that a truck pulls the float, but have you been to Mardi Gras? That's yeah, what yeah. happens there. Yeah. Um, and so I would say Mardi Gras is probably my favorite time to go to Universal. What about their Macy's? I've never done their Macy's. I've never seen their Macy's parade. But The holiday parade featuring Macy's? Yeah. As I'm being politically correct because it changed a couple years ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, the holiday parade is really good. Yeah. I just feel that it's pretty much the same every year. Okay, but if you're okay. if you're if you don't work in a religious vocation, yeah. maybe you're not quite as cynical about Christmas. Okay, <laughs> so let's just be let's be honest here for a second. All right, all right, um, yeah. But just to be fair, but the floats are pretty and the balloons are pretty much the same. But are they great? Yes, they are, hmm. and it makes a wonderful hmm. thing. And Santa yeah. Claus comes around the corner and the tree lights up and it is just it's oh. a wonderful. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, a, it's a really good experience and does all kinds of things. And Universal is really in the window they see where they can cut into Disney's market share, which they're currently doing. Yeah. They've really upped their parade game and their food game. Yeah, I, I can't wait to do that, uh, that parade, that holiday parade. That mm-hmm. sounds like a really good one. So, But, like, I enjoyed it, and I don't want us to go back to that time period, but I – preferred when we were in more heavy COVID times where they would have like a reverse parade. They'd put the float, they put the floats in the soundstage yeah. and you'd walk by the floats. I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish they could do both, but there's no way to logically do both. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah, I uh, yeah, the, the Mardi Gras parade was fantastic. And did so? Did you were there for like you said, you were there many many, many days. Did you get to get on the float at any point to throw the beads? I did not choose to get on a float this year. I got on a float three times two years ago. Okay. But I because the first night, and then I have a question of uh, your YouTube channel. Yes. It says you recorded that on Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday night or Saturday night? Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Okay. So I am across the street. Record, oh. I am taking pictures. <laughs> I am taking pictures of the confetti coming down because I didn't get any pictures of that. Oh, really? So, yes. <laughs> I don't know where I am over there, but I was, you know. I saw. That. I saw. I, mean, I know. I, I know. I, I saw somebody with a uh, nice camera <laughs> over there hanging out. Well, I had someone else taking some nice camera pictures. I was taking it with my cheap phone, but oh, uh, okay. So yeah, I noticed. I noticed somebody with a nice camera over on the other side of the street. That's that's. I noticed that. I'm like, oh, there's somebody with a nice camera over there. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but you're but you're, when you're on a float, when you come at it from more of a blogging, semi-reporting standpoint, yeah. When you're on the float, you can't do any of that stuff. You can't take pictures in the back. Yep. Um, it's kind of hard to throw beads and take pictures at the same time. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for um, sure. But but it's. But it's a great experience. Um, it's a wonderful thing that's come back. And as you've seen, I don't know why people are so fascinated to dive and claw for beads that Crazy. probably cost Universal a penny each because <laughs> yeah. they order so many. I can't imagine uh, how the many. Rumor of, the rumor of three to four million beads that they give out each year. Oh, easy. Um, yeah. But – it's a wonderful experience to have all those people up on the float and you're all together and you, yeah. you have your beads and you captain and universal does an incredible job. If you get, if you get in the virtual for the float, does an incredible job of telling you what to do, making you comfortable and their float captains do a wonderful job. How, how, uh, how strict are they? Uh, you ever tried to get in without a uh, reservation? If, even if you are a member, well, that sounds like a trick question, but <laughs> yes, I have, and it's not it's not as hard as you think it is. But remember, assholders only got an advantage in booking in advance. Anyone can use the virtual line system for the float mm-hmm. the day of, so anybody can. Like if oh, you just really? have a ticket for the day, you could go to the app and go to the float and then get in the virtual line. Or try to get a virtual line. Universal system is bizarre, but so is Disney's. It's oh, I had no worse idea. than the boarding pass system was. Oh, I, yeah. Are, I, are you allowed to have cameras when you're on the float? Uh, you are allowed to have cameras on the float when you're not backstage. Okay. Because, Tom, with your GoPro, if you put that on your chest, right, and you were throwing beads, it would be really neat to see the crowd from that point of view if you didn't have to pick oh, it up. You don't even be beads. better. If you were, if you were going to do that, you'd have to commit to not really throwing beads. Yeah. You'd have to stand because you're, you'd have to stand next to someone who was throwing beads and you could take a picture of that. And it might work. I would throw the GoPro as if it was throw a bead. I'll throw it to you. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to catch it. That is a problem. <laughs> like like it was a some, bead. GoPro. Then some, th- some three-year-old would catch it. I know. I get him. Does, so. <laughs> He'd run away with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have some friends coming down um, uh, later on, and they got on a float, and I went to try to register to get on the same float. And I mean, they, by by the time it happened, all you know, all openings are gone. Like you couldn't get any. So I thought maybe if I just kind of well, like, went with them. It's just like um, when they used a virtual line for Hagrid and the Mummy and a few other attractions, which they've abandoned because yeah. it's a terrible system there. Its default setting tells you there aren't any, and I'm sitting here doing the vision of pushing the button, refreshing <laughs> my phone. Yeah. Sorry, um, but if you keep checking, and you do the same thing we teach people when you were getting boarding passes or rise of resistance, don't ask questions, just hit. It. When you see something, just hit it and keep pushing till you get through. <laughs> then you'll you'll get through. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah, give a shot. Sorry. On a side note, I have great stories of sitting in Cabana Cabana Bay's lobby. <laughs> Pushing the button for Rise of Resistance boarding pass, getting Group Seven, and then taking an Uber over there. Like, oh my goodness, we got to get there. <laughs> so you, you yeah. just got to commit to it. Yeah. But the, oh. Those days are gone, at least for now. Yeah, for now, for now. <laughs> well, yeah, they even got rid of they've all all of them gone now because even at Ratatouille they got rid of yeah, the there, virtual. Yeah, there are no there are none at anywhere in Walt Disney World or Universal except for the floats. I, I would presume with the opening of. Uh, 
Guardians of the Galaxy coaster this summer, they'd probably go back, right, to have the virtual for that, because that, that thing's going to have stupid lines. That is the assumption, but based on, and I, this is pure speculation, this is not me and the .001% of theme park media that I, re- I represent. <laughs> yeah. Based on how large amount of Genie Plus sales and Lightning Lane, individual Lightning Lane sales they had, because they did not intend to sell this many. They didn't think people would spend this much money. Yeah. They may just make it a paid thing to start with. Oh, interesting. That's a that's a possibility. Oh, that is because, fascinating. Yeah, and so there there are all kinds of theories out there, and uh, people are cringing at the moment. There's a theory that they won't use virtual line at all. There's a theory that they, you know, who knows what they're going to do. I'm not sure they know what they're going to do. Yeah. Because in fairness to them, and I'm just going on data that's been given to me. I've not confirmed all this data, nor would I be able to. But about 50% of guests who come to Walt Disney World are using Genie Plus or paying for a Lightning Lane access. Disney expected that to be about 25 to 30%. So the e-ticket is back? <laughs> That's kind of I we're getting really old school and we just dated ourselves, but yes, the e-ticket <laughs> is back. <laughs> so just, um, this just means that they're going to be raising the prices to get to hit that mark, right? That's the only thing they can do. Once again, it's going to sound like we're picking on Disney, but here's the deal. Something is worth what people are willing to pay for it. That's exactly right. And, yes. And, mm-hmm. and I, know, I know that I've written many blogs about, is Genie Plus worth it? And, okay, how much is your time in the park worth? And I did a whole thing and broke it. I, didn't, I did all the work, and then I wrote something simpler of, if your ticket costs you $150, and I know that's not what tickets cost, but just... Yeah. For sake of discussion, it made better mass. Yeah. <laughs> and you were in the park for ten hours, nine to nine Magic Kingdom. Yep. Then each you paid fifteen dollars per hour. Yep. Well, if you can use Genie Plus and cut an hour out, isn't that worth it? Yeah. Uh, I know it's a very, very horrible way to look mm-hmm. at it, but I think a mm-hmm. lot of people are looking at it that way. Yeah. And a, a lot of people who are going during busy times are discovering that. If we don't do Genie Plus, we don't get on anything. And so who knows what's going to happen when Cosmic Rewind opens. Yeah. That, yeah. I just hope I'll be in the parks by then. Cause I, I, I vowed not to buy the midweek because the only pass available now is the Florida resident uh, midweek pass that you can only go in Monday through Friday. And I was like, well, I'm just going to wait. I mean, I'm going to hold out and just wait till the regular passes come back and then I'll get the what the 899 one because i because the, the the top one which is like 1200 bucks that that one has no uh, blackout dates where the the other one which you can uh-huh. save 300 bucks and really you're only blacked out for like two weeks in december and thanksgiving which most likely i won't even be in the state anyway for those <laughs> so it just makes no sense for me to get that pass so i think that that's probably the one i'd lean towards and uh i, I really don't want to dive in with the midweek I, i'm gonna try to hold out but i mean who knows i mean this I think yeah, the, the latest earnings call, uh, you mm-hmm. know, obviously their per customer, you know, has gone up because now, you know, you got more people buying tickets to get into the parks because they don't have an annual pass. So, I, I, I hate the, you know, maybe they'll keep doing that. They're like, holy cow, this is a new revenue stream for us. Where if we don't sell annual passes and people want to come to our parks, they're gonna buy tickets. <laughs> they discovered that at Disneyland, that people who were former annual pass holders when they didn't have them. <laughs> We're paying outrageous amount of money for tickets. Now, I know that's a whole new world at Disneyland, and we are literally comparing apples to oranges. Yeah. I know it's a different setup. But data over the last couple months shows that people are just buying tickets. Yeah. So that's that's a whole different conversation that is way beyond my ability and data to know what to do. <laughs> yeah, but I can, te- I can tell you just in my world that in speaking to – I mean, I – We've mentioned the three places that I write blatantly for, but I have about four other places that I write for behind the scenes, and we, I don't care. I get paid enough money to pay for my diet soda addiction, and <laughs> someone else gets credit. I don't care because um, you know they're not getting my money. Um, but I can I can tell you that in one case we had a discussion of 
do you want to pay for me to go to Hollywood Studios for one day and then do some stuff to test out for a blog? Or do you want to give me that same amount of money to go eat at Disney World but not in a park? Well, yeah. they were like, well, it's way we make way more money if you review food outside of the parks because people aren't doing that. And that's kind of <laughs> they're reviewing what's in the park, but they're not reviewing as much what's at the resorts. Yeah, I think I've already said this once. I feel I'm repeating myself. <laughs> um, but Disney Springs, that's why Disney Springs has become such a big deal. And some of the re- other resort hotels, like even I can't believe it. Got to go try this out. Um, boat rights. I think it's boat right at Port Orleans Riverside. Yeah. So I always want to call it Dixie Landing. So I apologize <laughs> for those of you who are, are, who are cringing right now. Um, apparently they fixed their menu and it's good. That oh. used to be one of the worst table service places in all of Walt Disney World. There's a lot more places that you can dine now and not be stuck. And yes, I'm going to pick on you. Not be stuck in Magic Kingdom trying to have table service food or quick service food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Disney did fix Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios used to be the worst place to be hungry. That was that was the joke. The joke was, <laughs> oh, please don't let me be hungry while I'm at Hollywood Studios. The food was terrible. <laughs> was terrible or it was $45 just to have lunch. Yeah. Um, but Magic Kingdom is still that way and $45 would be generous. And so there's a lot more interest to people eating away from the parks. Yeah, that's... So, so that's yeah. what I've been spending. So editor editors and owners have been like, here, here's $120. Go review something outside the park. That's a lot cheaper than us putting you in the park and not getting anything out of it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and the one thing I wanted to follow up with the, the whole hotel thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I, I assume this would be correct, but to get the after hours, mm-hmm. you got to stay at a deluxe resort. But the Swan and Dolphin qualify for that, right? And the Swan and Dolphin is typically Swan, much cheaper. Swan and Dolphin currently, yes, yeah, Swan and Dolphin currently qualify for that. However, and this would be the same criticism of the oh. B Resort, the Hilton, the Wyndham at Disney Springs area. Um, you're going to pay for parking more than you would pay at Disney. And you're going to pay a resort fee. So uh, be careful. Be careful with Swan and Dolphin and the Disney Springs resorts um, because there's going to be more fees. Like, for instance, I discovered, and this is common. I did not know it was because I'm so used to Universal Hotels. When you show up early and you want to drop your bags off, which is a common thing for a theme park, um, they may charge you a fee to hold your bags. Oh, so really? These places. Wow. And, and, and if yeah, exactly. That was my reaction. Uh, I think at a place four or five months ago, I was doing that. I was doing a test. And I think the only reason they didn't charge me was because they realized, oops, this is someone who has a pen. This is someone who has a typewriter. <laughs> and they didn't charge me because of that. But I've heard that becoming more common at places. So you do want to be careful looking at the fees because I was looking at the fees at Swan and Dolphin Depending on how you check in and when you do it, you could be paying and parking, you could be paying eighty to ninety dollars more a night. So wow. you're right, it is much less usually, yeah. but you have those other fees. So if you pay, for, you, I assume you have to pay for parking to park at the Swan Dolphin. Do you get free parking in the parks too at the Disney parks? Like if you say at the Disney Resort, I do. don't know the answer to that. Okay, yeah, and that's that'd a be really good question. Hmm. I know you don't if you stayed at the Disney Springs area hotels. Okay. So those of you who are missing the discussion here, if there's a bunch of hotels right next to near Disney Springs that are an easy walk to Disney Springs, and they used to be an easy walk to the crossing, RIP to the crossing area, but they don't get the ability to take their car. They pay for parking there. They would have to pay for parking again if they went to Walt Disney World. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure about the Swan and the Dolphin. Huh. I have yeah. heard from many people who say the Swan and the Dolphin lately, and those are not technically disney owned that's a whole yeah. different podcast how those came into existence <laughs> yeah that people were having trouble with their system and their magic bands when they stay at swan and dolphins the first day and the last thing you want is when you rope drop to magic kingdom <laughs> and you're standing there 30 minutes with guest service for them fixing your magic no band. yeah <laughs> yeah i better get some fast passes guess <laughs> That's, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> you might as well visit Bush Gardens at that point. That is correct. <laughs> because you've got to remember, 
if you're if you're staying at Swan if you're staying at a Swan and Dolphin or any of Disney Springs, they're dropping you off at the TTC. Oh yeah, yeah. They're not dropping you off yeah. at Magic Kingdom, so you already are going to have yeah. to yep. take the ferry or the monorail or the buses. They have other buses mm-hmm. you can take. Yeah. You know, then you get over there after not being able to beat the resort guests there, and you're trying to do magic. You're trying to be this whirlwind trip so your kid can have their once in a lifetime trip. Yeah. And then you spend a half hour dealing with magic bands. Yeah, that's not going to go well. <laughs> that's not a good day. Yeah. <laughs> no. How in the heck did we get into Disney? <laughs> we're talking about Universal Mardi Gras. <laughs> we, we, we were. I don't know how we got there, so we'll have to play this back to figure that out. But we were discussing value, and you. We were discussing different food items. Yeah, so, one of us watched we'll Mardi back Gras. <laughs> I know it probably was me because I was comparing it to Disney parades. So oh, Mardi Gras yeah, is, is a. I mean, it's literally my. Like I've said, it's probably my favorite seasonal event that happens at Universal. Now, do you think that's because there's so much food offerings on at this event? But I I liked it before they really expanded the food when it okay. was just. And for those of you not familiar with Universal. Universal Studios Florida was designed just as poorly as Hollywood Studios was because they were trying to beat each other to open. So there, yeah. there's not a logical flow and it doesn't work well. So it's hard to visualize. But you walk into Studios Florida, you go straight back. You have this little kind of battery park area that they turn into New Orleans French Quarter. They used to only have food in that area. And I thought it was oh. a great event when they were just having food in that area. Yeah. But you have the parade and you have the performers and something that Universal does well is, I think I've written this recently, let's say, for instance, you're still a little more COVID sensitive than the average Florida resident. And that's not meant to be a criticism, I'm just trying to give you a context. <laughs> and you don't want to stand and wait for beads to fly around. You can see every single performer in the parade just along the road yeah. performing. You can come up and meet them. They might toss some beads to you. Now you're going to miss out on seeing the floats. Yeah. But what if you have, let's not pick on the COVID thing. What if you have a child who is severely autistic Yeah. or you have a child who has other issues or quite frankly, you rope dropped at the park and you weren't, you weren't smart enough to take a break mm-hmm. and you've been there all day. Um, <laughs> you're, you don't know what to do. You're going to see all the performers that are in the parade. Yeah. Just right there. And maybe even some bonus ones. And yeah, yeah. Universal sure. does a great job with that. <laughs> Speaking of COVID, <laughs> did you okay. by chance see uh, the fans booing Diana Ross when they asked, when um, she, she was, asked them to put masks on? I was helping someone with a live stream. I, I made it home. I was home. But I helping someone with a live stream because they didn't know what they were doing because they were a Disney person. And that's not a criticism. <laughs> live streaming Universal is very different than live streaming Disney. Yeah. It's much harder at, at Universal. I I tweeted immediately something to the effect of, and maybe in a different setting, of someone needed to – Diana Ross's PR p- person needs to get fired because she didn't get told. <laughs> she was told, for those of you missing the thing, and we're not – Diana Ross – you know what is she 77 78 year old and still she performed oh my goodness she performed as well as anybody out there that night um under bad conditions her first concert she'd been done in two years um sound issues she did like probably seven costume changes in that hour and 20 minute set but she was confused whether she was supposed to be wearing a mask at certain times or not yeah and so then when they pulled up the house lights, she could see that hardly anybody in the crowd was wearing a mask. Now, in fairness, they are outdoors. Those of you who want to be sensitive about this. And so she started talking about everyone should put their mask on because she thought that was the rule. Yeah. And, you know, she hadn't been told. And now, and God bless if I make it to 78, <laughs> if I have something in my head and no one has told me the difference, guess what? I'm going to, I'm going to double down and triple down. Yeah. So she kept tripling down. And in fairness to Diana Ross, she made one comment about a baby and the baby should have a mask on. Oh, and that just didn't go over well with the crowd. But in fairness, <laughs> those of you who, who want to make fun of Florida and their different perspectives about masks and policies, some of that is legitimate. They were all doing what they were supposed to be doing, and and she just didn't know, and it just put her in a bad spot. But even in that crowd, maybe turning against her at one point, 
there was cheering and clapping the whole time because she performed an incredible concert. Well, if you good. just paid for the day for the concert, it might have been worth it. <laughs> yeah, they, but yeah, I am surprised winning. that has not. That's probably the res- probably the respect to Diana Ross <laughs> that that con she's not gotten more pushback from public media because I literally, except for that night and maybe the next morning, I have seen nothing about that. I mean, honestly, she just wants everyone to be healthy and happy. I mean, she's looking right. out for other people. So how can you really knock her for that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, but the timing on that was really bad is her concert was the night before. Was it the night before masks were eliminated or weren't required or it was very close to that? Yeah. And so and so and everything's outdoors to start with. So that is, you know. Yeah. And so the timing was just bad and it's not her fault or just. PR yeah, person. No, trying to, you know, be helpful. that was the twelfth. The, tw- the concert was the twelfth, and so the twelfth was the day that masks were no longer required by anyone. Yeah, I think uh, as of this recording, we're recording on the sixteenth, seventeenth, right? Disney inside. You don't no longer. Seventeenth is Disney. Yeah, yes. so tomorrow. Yeah, so that's that's amazing. Cause I don't really pay attention to how COVID's going. It's depressing enough. And uh, I, I just basically look at what Disney's doing because they're very conservative with their mask and all mm-hmm. their COVID policies. So if they're letting loose or letting people inside, we must be doing okay. I mean, I, I think we're doing better, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Your, your metrics look really good. And I'm not, trust me, as a, as a minister who has to juggle in a tradition mm-hmm. which we have people on way opposite sides of this issue. They all, yeah. Um, I probably shouldn't say anything. However, this is what gets me in trouble. <laughs> I'm I'm in the state of Illinois that arguably the fourth most restrictive state about COVID procedures. Okay. We still have an indoor mask mandate everywhere in our state. All right. We hear it's going to be lifted soon. So for me, it's always culture shock. It's like I'm working as an international missionary again, going and going <laughs> to Southeast Asia. It's a whole new world when I go to Florida. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. You know, it's a whole new world. So. Oh, I'm in Florida. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Florida could be another planet. That, that's a whole different discussion. I wanted to make a lot of jokes about the theme of Mardi Gras being planet Mardi Gras and build off of Florida being a whole new world. And, <laughs> yeah. and But I, I can never find something that was funny enough to be worth the criticism I was going to get. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got to be careful. Yeah, because, boy, they'll, they'll, yeah. COVID's such a such a um, a hot button issue. Like, I, I refuse. Right. Like, on my... My YouTube channel back when I did the Hershey Park, I was making I was making comments that they're not following the laws, the COVID policies. The park wasn't uh, upholding them, and boy, especially Pen- Pennsylvania, wow, those people they're, yeah. they're very much like Florida. <laughs> they're crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, boy, the the pushback I got. So I like my YouTube channel, like the podcast, I will openly say whatever. But the YouTube channel, I try to keep very positive, very just the good things, good things, good things. And try to stay away because yeah, people are crazy. <laughs> so you should never have me on your YouTube channel. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, you'll st- yeah, you're always <laughs> you're, okay. you're always on the Just podcast. Be clear. <laughs> well, wait now. And now, if you're paying to to go out and eat and stuff, and you're staying at my place, that's a whole different story. Then then we'll do the YouTube. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Okay. I can respect that. At least, at least you're consistent. I can respect that. We're going to go eat every donut in Orlando <laughs> one day. Oh, God. I need a lot oh, of crackers. That means that means I have to go to Donut King in Winter Park. Oh, is right? that? I don't know the about Donut King. Of, the, the source. Oh, we will discuss that offline. <laughs> um, if you would like to know where a large portion of the donuts that are sold at theme parks in Orlando come from, I have just told you. Donut My King. daughter lives in Winter Park. Hmm. Um, I'm go just going to say, for example, a, giga- <laughs> a gigantically large donut. Oh, I know exactly. That you might could purchase at one place yeah. in, that's technically in Orlando, and then another version that you might oh. be able to purchase at a place that's not technically oh. in Orlando but is nearby. Yeah. Might come from a place that is the king of donuts and might cost you half as much if you buy it there. They have that exact donut though. Um, perhaps maybe not exactly the same, but that's kind of like when Oreo and Hydrox are together. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not exactly you, you, the same. Yeah. It's kind of like Wendy's fries and Bert and McDonald's fries. It's not the same. Yeah. It's different enough for deniability. 
Oh no, here's oh this is perfect this is perfect example. It's like Disney calling something potato barrels. <laughs> we all know those are tater tots. <laughs> you just don't want to call them that. Potato barrels. <laughs> I can confirm that the Lard Lad Donut, in case you were missing that cryptic conversation at Springfield, yeah, that yeah. comes directly from Donut King. Oh yeah, my son loves that donut. And oh, many of the Joffrey's donuts, not all of them, also come from Donut King. Oh, is there a place I can pick up the peanut butter cupcake at uh, at uh, Hollywood Studios? You ever eat that? Is that still around? Uh, that I would not know because mm. as a so food blogger, I mock any cupcake at Disney World because oh. they just recycle the same thing over and over. But I was so good. You know, Len, Len Testa <laughs> yes. did a challenge to eat that in one, like two bites, I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you don't challenge someone with a Mensa level intelligence. <laughs> they will find a way to make that happen. <laughs> that cupcake's insane. My wife and I shared it. And uh, we're like, oh, that's a pretty good cupcake. That's pretty filling. And they're like, well, Len ate it in two bites. <laughs> right. That's yeah, pretty scary. Yeah, so good, so good. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, you know what? We're going to put a fork in this one for right now. This interview uh, goes on for about another hour or so. So we're going to stop right now for this episode and return for the next episode for the conclusion of Pastor John Self. Thank you so much for joining us, John and Joanna, as always. And until we stream again, make sure you check out John Self at Pastor John Self at, on Twitter <laughs> and keep making memories. And have a Six Flags day. Thanks for listening to the Vacationeers Theme Parks and More podcast. The show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Please subscribe and give us a review if you like the show. Visit our website at www.vacationeerspodcast.com. For additional content, subscribe on YouTube and Twitter at Vacationeers Podcast. Please like our Facebook page, Vacationeers Theme Parks and More podcast. Send questions, comments, or if you'd like to be on a future episode to discuss planning or reviewing of a vacation, please email the show at vacationerspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a Vacationers Theme Parks and More production. For Vacationers Theme Parks and More, I'm someone who knows Neil Patrick Harris. Peace out, suckers.